Hey everyone, just so you're not totally lost, uh, we start this off by talking about reddit.com slash r slash place for like six minutes. Don't explain what it is. If you don't know what it is, it's a pixel thing. Uh, you Each Reddit account gets to put down a pixel on a blank canvas every five minutes and people like band together and make pictures and stuff and destroy each other's stuff. Okay, now now listen. There's a there's a persona hat here too now. Nice. I lo- I love that they Oh, the chessboard with the- oh, I love that they so added I love that they it. I love that they like doubled the size of the map and because like that's it's like a good way to like organically not destroy what people spent all day building yesterday. Yeah. True. What if they um, double it again just like make a bottom layer fucking, so it's fucking Elden Ring over here. Oh my god. I haven't looked at it for 2 hours and it's already changed so much. It's crazy. I I think there's um Oh, Super Mega. Oh, I'll definitely, I'll fight for Super Mega. I love them. There's little Among Us guys in the logo. This is the fu- best fucking thing I've ever they're, seen. They're literally you, hiding Among Us people everywhere. Did you there see the us. ones that were hidden in the uh, the Star Wars one? No, no. Apparently, like, oh the blue oh, yeah, dude, there's, there's, like, 30 of them. Yeah. It's insane how many yeah. they hid in there. Oh, that's Hold so on. funny. Wait, so is blue corner that bottom left corner in place? It's, no, it's bottom right, bottom but right it's gone. Corner. It's getting eaten yeah. right now. They've destroyed it. it the black hole oh, is over there right now. Thank Good. fucking god. Because there was like a blue corner on the bottom left, and it kept fucking with the JoJo's arrows. And the, I was like, the fuck. void is, oh, isn't no, I... going to pass Germany, so... What I think yeah, is hilarious Germany, is Germany, Germany has is not changed. It, it, it at bay. Dude, wow, there's an Germany Among Us guy on like mad. a fucking... <gasps> oh my god, they have Wide Joy on here! Let's fucking go. What? Wide Joy... White joy. Wide joy. <laughs> Sorry, this is, this is this White is like wide joy. Wide <laughs> joy. Listen to me. This is so good. On the German flag, there's a guy on the left side where it said donor kebab earlier, but now uh. it says boner kebab, and also the R has been turned into an Among Us guy. <laughs> uh, what is this guy's name? Bantasbrot. I love that they have him on here. Um, there's a I'm lot of Germany flag. on here. They well, it's really so boring. Powerful. Germans Wait, align a lot. Yeah, I, no, I'm okay with the, I'm okay with the Germany stuff. Of flags, there are too many. There were too many flags. Yeah, now I like them. Okay, flags. I like I'm that they're putting of. they're putting stuff from that country on the flag. That's good. Like, yeah, like if you go to flag. go to Turkey, yeah, I was about to say yeah. Turkey's yeah. perfect. They nailed it. Where's Turkey? I like the France one. Like they have the, the, the layers. Oh, it's like right above the U.S. Okay, yeah, geographically, also where it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To my knowledge. Canada was having an inter-discord war about like, do we want a pot Dude, leaf? you guys do not do even we want know what a maple flag leaf. looks like. Do we want a green pot leaf I was watching that happening leaf. yesterday. It's and like Canada right it, now. It, God. People yeah, that's are fighting the to keep the leaf alive. That's just it. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, gonna make it Canada again right now. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. Hold on. I think it's decided. Wait, are these all like, okay, these are all like college logos, but they're spelling out the word porn. Kind of love that. Yeah. Um, on on the on the blue <laughs> Wait, where's corner, that? everyone was turning like the, the below B the in blue to, to a red as if it was the like B emoji, which I was definitely taking part of yesterday. Okay, I did see oh that the Eld- I was also working on the Elden Ring one. Oh, now it says Elden Kino. 
Wait, I need a place to tile. I need to. I like that. It says you died, and then a uh, get good next to it. Um, but then it did change to get God for a little while, which I thought was nice. Also, I think I'm really impressed by the the Hollow Knight like picture. It looks really good. Like they did a really good job with the pixel art. Um, hey, do you guys want to help me color the JoJo flag on the bottom left? <laughs> Is it the to be continued thing? Yeah, to the left of it, there's an arrow, and the, you know how those uh. It looks good on right now. the bottom now. part of the arrow yeah, is like the dark fine. gray. Yeah, no, the dark gray is supposed to be... Um, it's all dark gray on the bottom instead of just like light and dark gray. Okay. And like oh, four yeah. squares, oh, you can pink. see just my name. Because <laughs> I've just been the only one working at it. I am surprised oh, really? that the, the yeah. Outer Wilds locked down that territory so quickly. They were like one of the first things I saw. Oh, also, I do oh, no, see your name on it t- more than once. Yeah, it's like four <laughs> of them. <laughs> <laughs> It's just yeah, been no, me. Two of them are you right now. Yeah. Uh, like three of them are, are, are one other guy. Shouldn't we yeah. try to draw something on the American flag so it doesn't suck? No. There was something on there, but people were co- people covered it up pretty quickly. With like stripes. Oh, look, there's a Sylveon on the uh, trans flag. I mean, anyone, like normally a black dot is what you would add to like ruin anything. But I feel like a black dot on the American flag has a different connotation. Could be anything. So... Well, I'm just confused how people black are. White American flag. I'm just confused how people are able to build these elaborate pictures when you can only put one pixel every couple of minutes. You co- you coordinate on certain subreddits. Yeah. They have like you, you, yeah, but then they're they're like everybody has to be like equally artistic in some way. So no, <laughs> not really. You well, no. There's sometimes there are commands, so people will right. set out like we need people to cover like these coordinates, basically. Well, you don't even color. really need a command so much as like. Hey, here's the pixel art. Here's where it is. Go like look up that area, and this is what and it's supposed to it. look like. So just have yeah. it open on your other monitor, mm-hmm. and like then on the like, dis- compare the two. And oh, that that pixel's wrong. Let me yeah, change like that one. Yeah, like on the JoJo Discord server, it's literally like, oh, we're voting on what this is going to be look like. Yeah. Oh, oh, we decide on this, uh, and it's pinned. It's like everyone. Just yeah, they'll create those. like concept art almost. You can yeah. like figure Although, out what you're supposed to do. Although, as someone who's colorblind, it's pretty. Uh, it's kind of hard. <laughs> Um, okay, so, hey, so many like little surprises in here. I love it. I definitely should have said this at the beginning, but we're talking about our, our, our slash place on Reddit. <laughs> We've been talking about this for oh, five yeah. minutes. It's, it's been like almost six minutes, so we maybe I'll put a disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, we're recording. Okay. okay. You can't do um, that without my consent, Nero. <laughs> that's not correct. Actually, that is actually a law that you can record when, when people you come without into Zencaster, consent. You've already consented. No, this is international law now. No, it's, like it's actually. That- it actually has gone to court. Is, like throwing up white on the right corner. Oh man, dude! Do you see that? What? Yeah, I do. That's roughly, the like roughly about eighteen sixty two hundred. Uh huh. I see it. There's, there's I don't just like... like an anime girl who has like a cross for a nose. Like yeah, I see Throwing her. up white. It maybe. What? I don't like it. Eighteen sixty two hundred. Eighteen sixty comma two hundred. Yeah. Okay, is that Bernie? Yeah, he's there. Bernie's in there. Yeah, well, Bernie's next to Hassan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! What does that say? No boobs, no maidens. (laughs) The words keep changing. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, let's. If you turn any letter into a B, we we will. (laughs) If you give a boobs on it, you. I'm gonna close this tab because we're never gonna get anywhere. Oh yeah, I should close place. Okay. Okay. I'm a man on a mission. 
Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Game Busters. This is a podcast, and we're, uh, thank you for taking a break uh, between your multiple viewings of Morbius to take a listen to us. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, today we're, we got a pretty big, pretty wild topic. Um, we're going to talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and um, we are going to try to we're going to try to focus on more the, the creation than the, the influences that led up to the original version of Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of Gary Gygax's life, uh, the creator, because his life is a fucking Ooh. crazy ass story. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they didn't make like a social network kind of movie about him yet. <laughs> Cause he's got like a crazy ass life. Um, yeah, but I am joined, uh, as, as always by my Goliath co-host, Alyssa. Um, I forgot Goliath is a race in D and D. Hello. <laughs> yeah, what, it, what else is it? Uh, a large person. Goliathan. G- Goliathan? I think that's what they're Is called. that a League of Legends? No, I think the, the, the big monsters in Apex, I think, are called Goliathans. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I'm do- joined today by local dwarf cleric, Ryan. Uh, uh, hello. You can just say hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, and uh, uh, default kobold warrior, Matt. Yeah! There we go. All right, so let's uh, let's just uh, ease into a little bit and uh, warm up with uh, what are what are we playing this week? So Ryan, what have you been playing recently? What have I? I've been playing uh, the the Paper Mario on Switch. Oh yeah, Origami King. Which, which one is? Yeah, that. Yeah, one. Chelsea's been texting me about it. It is very funny. Some uh, sometimes it feels like okay ninety plus percent of the time it's like okay am i am i playing a game for little tiny babies <laughs> sometimes it feels like that and then sometimes the puzzle hits you and it's like what the fuck i'm supposed to do this in 60 seconds jesus christ ah hurry up hurry up Wait, mm-hmm. that goes there i got it wrong and and then the other times it's like this is just a game for little tiny babies who don't know how to play anything <laughs> and there's a weird juxtaposition between the two <laughs> but it's very very funny that's nice. my um yeah i i really like it um i've i've only played like five or six hours of it i need to get back to it but like it's it's have very you, funny have you and... destroyed a ribbon yet yeah i did okay the first one so, yeah yeah i did and uh, i did get to to join in the party <laughs> okay um there's yeah there's this, this is i don't want this to be a spoiler because it, it, i think it gets people interested but there's like a, a there's like a bunch of musical numbers that happen during this during the game like when you sometimes um like all the characters will just stop and like basically perform like a, like a, a musical number <laughs> which is hilarious um but it, yeah there's there's no like i i don't understand with that game how if if at all it is translated from japanese or i think it's, it's i think it's like a total localization yeah like yeah it, it must be because the jokes are too good to be translated yeah yeah they, like they, I, I don't understand how some of those jokes would make any sense in japanese because they're so specific to american culture yeah no they, they definitely they have a north american like localization team doing that so but like i i'm i'm, I'm sitting here while i'm playing it wondering what it says in japanese yeah in that moment because like what the hell could it be talking about i don't even know this joke is so specific and so good that like it's it's weird almost gotcha yeah yeah those by the way um you should go play the Thousand Year Door, which is the best Paper Mario game. Uh, really okay. good one. Is that where Thousand Fold Paper Arms comes from? I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. This it's, is my um, first Paper Mario game. 
Yeah, this one is there's because I think there's six games in that series. Um, really, I thought there was only like three. No, yeah. there's. I think it's maybe this is the fifth one then, because they did N sixty four and GameCube and then Wii and then DS and then three DS. So yeah, this is the sixth one. Oh damn. Yeah, man. Um. Anyway, cool bands. All right, Matt, what you been doing? Uh, gaming wise, uh, I don't even play games, man. What the hell? That's not uh, true. I was just playing D and D. Yeah, I maybe know. I, we were both couple... there with you. Yeah, but we didn't bring it up. <laughs> Wait, are you guys yeah. all in the same campaign? Yeah, we have yeah, we have yeah. been for like fucking oh. almost six years. Okay, am so I in the, the campaign or am I the campaign? Yeah, Ryan's the DM, so he is the campaign. When I, when I ran it for two years, you were a player, so you can be That's in true. the campaign as well. Yay! Um, is that really two years? It was like a year and like seven months or something. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Fuck it. Hell. Um. <laughs> That was a long. Okay, so anyway, um, Ryan's first one was any... longer. Yeah, that's true. Have you been playing any video games, Matt? Video uh, games. Video games. I have been playing. Let's see. I played a little League of Legends yesterday. Um, I played Genshin Impact a little bit. I finally beat all the bosses. Dark Souls three. I like skipped one of the bosses to play Elden Ring, nice. and then now they're all done. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it sounds like a full week. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa, how about you? Uh, I played, I played some Club Penguin we written after we did the episode last Jeez, dude. Week. Is this still up? I just, yes, it is. I just went back and I like, is. I it's played. It's like a, a fan hosted server. Yeah, they like uh-huh. literally used all the assets from the original game. I just went back and played Minesurfer. Did no. you get to <laughs> like, like copy your save file over? Uh, I don't think so. Like my, you mean like my account originally? I have no idea how Cub Plinguin Plinguin goes. You said Cub Plinguin. (laughs) Club Club Plinguin goes, but do you you listen to our episode on it from two weeks ago? Skills. I think Uh, I skill. There's like a fishing game. I don't think I really understand how the game works. You don't like build stats or anything. Like all, the only purpose is to buy cosmetics. Got it. (laughs) Is there and still like, like a membership thing or no? Not, no, not with the, the game has been shut down for a while, so it's just yeah. a fan hosted thing now. I think the game shut down in like two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, oh, everything's game free now. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's basically all free. Basically, oh, cool. I will uh, definitely check that out. Yeah. Aside Anything. from that, just Valorant League, Apex, the usual. Yeah, the triple. Um, <laughs> the triple. Are y'all so, down to play Valorant after this? Ayo. Um, are you are you streaming, Alyssa? No, right. Well, tonight I will. I think I'm gonna. That's what I'm asking. Are you streaming Valorant? I uh, I think I was gonna do Apex, but it depends okay. what my friends want to do. Honestly, because I'll just right. get a group together. I was gonna say we could get in there. We could do it. We could do um, it. Okay. Anyway, uh, I just finished Kirby in the Forgotten Land last night. Um, fantastic right. fucking game. Five stars. Actually, like I I cannot even express how good that game was. Like easily the best game in the kirby franchise i played most of them really like, yeah they wow. they fucking knocked it out of the park i'm i'm so impressed they spent five years working on this game and it shows like it is as polished as like a mario mainline game like odyssey or something yeah yeah it like legitimately feels like that um and they it's just so good like every every they, they build these worlds so well so that like every 10 seconds you're discovering a tiny secret you know it just feels so good to play. Um, 
absolutely recommended switch essential um but uh other than that um i'm back on my bullshit because they uh announced that for the first time in i think nearly two years now no it's been over two years since the last update um overwatch is getting a big content update it is yeah on uh april 5th i think Um, how do you feel about the anniversary skins the recolors i think they look cool i think they look cool i think the mercy one is good and the diva one yeah, the there's, a few, there's, much for. there's a few good ones in there. Some of them feel a little low effort, but there's some good ones in there. I just think white's a very basic color. Kind of yeah. wish they would have went with cooler colors. They're bringing back all the modes and stuff too, which is cool, which I'm excited about doing some of those. Um, and the beta for Overwatch 2 is launching April 26th, they said. I need um, to... I, really I, signed I, up, I signed up for that. I don't know if I got in yet. Um, well, I haven't gotten any emails, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, either. Um, so I'm back on my bullshit and I played that for a little while today. Um, and, uh, I think, I, I think I uninstalled it like two, like two years ago, almost exactly. So it's been like a while, a while. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's probably it. Um, what am I doing now? I guess I'm still sort of dipping into Elden Ring, but I, I put like 65 hours into that in one month and I'm like a little burned out. <laughs> Damn. Um, you're crazy. It is very bad, man. Yeah. That's definitely the most time anyone's ever spent on a video game. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so yeah, let's let's get into it. So um, here we're going to uh, go right into our pitch meeting. Um, so uh, just to frame it a little bit, um, it's, uh, it's 1973. Uh, Ryan, I guess Ryan and Matt, you guys can decide who you are, but the two co-creators, uh, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, um, pitched this to their their sole investor Brian Bloom, uh, in uh, having having dinner at his house, uh, in his living room. So let's uh, let's just and get ourselves in that mindset. I'll be the fly on the wall. Okay, uh, you you don't want to be like his wife, who like obviously had to stand there and like serve drinks and food and not be part of the conversation. Why? Because this was the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the 1970s. These, these men were born in the in the in the 40s. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather mm-hmm. be the fly. Okay, you can be the fly. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're can we we're, just we're... be anyone from then, or do we have to be like related? No, no, to you, you guys, are, you guys are these people. We're trying to recreate the pitch meeting where you pitched me on I'm, the okay, idea of Dungeons just, and Dragons and just got me for context. Too. Oh. I'm I'm relatively certain that war gaming, as in like pretending to be a country and rolling mm-hmm. dice for that country, mm-hmm. was already a thing yes. in the 1800s, yeah. right? Yes, it's yeah. been a thing for a very long so, time. So these these like. The idea of rolling dice to represent, like, damage to a unit was already a thing for, like, 50-plus years before these guys were even born, let alone the, the new thing about rolling dice themselves, right? Right. The new thing that they were pitching was the idea of controlling individual like, yeah, being soldiers. one dude. One dude. Yep. One yeah. guy. What if you were a hero? Yes, exactly. All right, and go. All right, what guys. What if you so, were uh, a hero? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you be Gygax. I'll be your uh, assistant or whatever. Oh, I'll be Gygax. Yeah. What if you were a hero? Where's he from? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he from Minnesota or something? I think so. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Uh. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I'd. I'd like to be a a hero. Um. So you're. Sorry. Uh. C- um. Can you get a? Yeah, M- Mary. Could you get that fly? It's on the wall over there. Uh, it's up on the ceiling. Oh no, it's it's up there we'll now. Have to wait okay. for it to come down. Wait, am I Mary? 
No, the wife doesn't speak. You're, she's you're a woman. So. She, do, she does what she, she does what she's told. Um, okay. So anyway, you just said that you have some sort of a, a war game, but uh, you know it's it's new. It's not on a board. You just need a table. Okay, no miniatures. I, I no, don't think have... there were yet. No. You know when you go on a play with these heroes, we call this play the theater of the mind, and you can just well think about anything. Yeah, no, so so I think with the way that Gary played, no, listen, I'm going to describe what you're going through, and mm-hmm. you have to draw it yourself. Oh, I'm uh, not really much of an artist. You don't have to. Okay. You can use a grid. All right. Uh... Here, here's some graph favor. <laughs> I have it in my <laughs> pouch. Yeah, thanks for bringing it, okay? Here's a pencil that is not mechanical because that hasn't been invented yet hmm. oh. i don't know if that's true D- does anyone know uh when mechanical pencils were invented <laughs> who gives oh. a shit in this <laughs> world we have pencils that you could just click them and there's more of them. you don't have to sharpen them wow that's so fantastic the fantasy world it's pretty magical. look i know that you guys have emptied your pockets on this and you need an investor so what what is it that you need to say to get me in the door here. Have you heard of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> uh, yes. It's a fantasy book. Don't you want to be Boromir and not that stupid Frodo guy? I didn't read them. What if Boromir won? Yeah, what if Boromir took cool? the ring? What happened? Yeah, you, you can make decide. Your, you can make your own stories, man. So you this is a Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, this is be. absolutely 100% unambiguously a Lord of the Rings thing, and we will change the words if lawyers come after us later. We don't have to worry about that now. Yeah, let's just call them mm-hmm. Hobbit for now and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's okay. not worry about anything else. Yeah. And so what is this thing called? Dragons. Just and dragons. Dungeons. And dungeons. Dragons yes, and dungeons. Right. Okay. So, so, you can't just gallivant out in the open there's dragons out there where's all the treasure that they don't have in the dungeons those are the two main points that you're trying to sell here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you gotta choose <laughs> oh so you have to choose a, a dragon right. or a dungeon at the beginning right okay you i understand now all right here's a uh, here's ten thousand dollars thank you so much we won't let you down sir get you out by so much day. graph paper with this uh, marie day. show them t- show them to the door please and that fly <laughs> Did you just kill yourself, Alyssa? No, Mary killed me. <laughs> You're also oh. playing her. Yes, but I'm being silent because that's how no, a 1970s this is housewife should be. What? Yeah. She's Sorry? she's silencing herself by force. <laughs> Symbolically. This, Marie's silence on this is deafening. Um, is it her name Mary? Like is it Mary uh, or Marie? Whatever. They're, they're minerals, Marie. All right, let's get out of here. So, people know relatively what is someone like tinkering with something? It stopped. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it feels. I don't know. I hear a lot of background noise coming from somewhere. I want to know. I found a clip penguin on Reddit Place. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I found him. I found him. Okay, uh-huh. I believe you. <laughs> okay. 
So Dungeons and Dragons was created by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson and was originally published by their company, which is called TSR Hobbies. And it was in there in his immediate predecessor that they had created uh, with a set of uh, miniatures um, that was written by Jeff Perrin um, that was called Chainmail. Chainmail was kind of the mm-hmm. very uh, in it's, it's a very sort of loose uh, predecessor, but a lot of the ideas carried over from that. Um, mm-hmm. So back we're going to go through, a, like I said, a lot of this is about Gary Gygax's life because it's like kind of hilarious. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, sad. like I mean, he, he, he literally, like, the first edition of the game is just literally, like, what he was playing at home yeah. already. So, like, and, and then he was, like, uh, uh, like he was posting about, because other people were trying to do the same thing that he was doing, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then, like, he was talking with everyone, and everyone was trying to sort of do what he was doing a little bit already. And so he was just like, well, okay, fine. Let me just write down officially like what what I'm doing and let me like send it out to you guys so that because like clearly I have a better idea about what I'm doing than any of you guys do. And we're right. all trying to do the same thing. So let me just write it down and like send it out to you and then like that that's basically first edition D&D. Yeah, we'll we'll get down to there how that got published and okay. everything. So we're starting all the way back to the beginning. Come back with me in the way back machine. So uh, when he was a kid, uh, Gary Gygax was um, had two best friends, Don Kay and Mary Jo Powell. And um, when they when he was a, a teenager, they had developed a shared love of games and fantasy and science fiction. And, uh, you know, of course, from a young age, he was super into games. And then at the age of 10, they started LARPing. Um, which before LARPing existed, um, it didn't really have a name at the time, but, um, those kids with those plastic swords. Called them. Yeah. That's essentially what they were doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so of course, Gygax and Kay began working with miniature war figurines in 1953. Uh, in his teens, he, you know, got really into pulp fiction authors, uh, such as Fritz Lieber, HP Lovecraft, uh, Jack Vance, and he was a bad student. <laughs> And he got really bad grades in school because of all the fantasy that infected his brain. Are you um, saying our parents were right about them being a devil's game? Dungeons yes. And dragons. Oh my god. You know, yeah, if I had shown on. interest in it as a child, I'm sure my stepdad would have said it was work of the devil. Yeah. The work you of worship the other gods besides Jesus? How dare you? Yeah. Um, so, but dad, basically... Jesus, all things are possible, including other gods. Huh. I'll think on that. Um, okay, so uh, as I said, Gygax was a mediocre student. His uh, his father died in 1956 when he was a teenager, and he dropped out of school after that. Um, he ended up joining the Marines, but then was diagnosed with walking pneumonia, and so got a medical discharge and moved back home with his mother. Um, then he began working as a shipping clerk with Kemper Insurance Company in Chicago. So what ended up happening is that um, a friend introduced him to a new war game called Gettysburg. Gygax became completely obsessed with the game, playing multiple sessions a week. Um, and then he uh, also got the idea for the hex mapping sheets from this game, which is where they used them. So this company was called Avalon Hill, by the way, that made this game right, Gettysburg, right. which I'm assuming I didn't I didn't have time to look into, but I'm assuming is like, I guess you're playing in the Battle of Gettysburg. I don't know. I think it's just generally the civil war era yeah i'm not sure 
So about that time, his mother reintroduced him to his old friend, Mary Jo Powell, who had left Lake Geneva when she was a child and had just returned. And uh, they fell in love. And uh, after a very short uh, dating time, they uh, got married when uh, they were 19 years old. Um, so this caused a lot of friction because Gygax's best friend, of who we talked about earlier, Don Kay, they grew up together, had also been, uh, you know, very interested in, in Mary Jo and even dated her in the past. And uh, Kay ended up refusing to attend Gygax's wedding. Oof. Drama. Sad. That's, now that's just good drama. This is why he gave women less stats in his game. Did he actually? Yes. Yeah. What the yes. fuck? What the, the, the fuck? Yeah, the first edition. If we'll you, get, you chose no, to play a woman, then you had, like, I think higher charisma and less strength. And, like, less strength, yeah. It's kind of fucked. It's kind of fucked, isn't it? Do, why do you think I made you be quiet in that room, Alyssa? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucked. Um, yeah. So Kay and Gygax did eventually <laughs> reconcile, um, but um, Gygax continued to play war games despite that he had a family uh, and all this stuff, too. Um, it reached a point where Mary Jo, who was pregnant with their second child, believed that he was having an affair. And confronted him in a friend's basement, only to discover him and his friends playing another war game. He was the original neckbeard. <laughs> he, I don't know if he was the original neckbeard, but he certainly brought the culture to a solid point. You know, he was a uh, he was a pioneer. I think the original neckbeard must be prehistoric. I, I think know. the original neckbeard was Napoleon. Look, my dad. I think I think they had to have been prehistoric. My dad is an ex-marine. He fucking loves war board games. I don't think he touches D&D, but, like, he loves a war board game. So that's what I'm kind of seeing this guy as. Interesting. Okay. Even though his military career yeah. was not very long. Yeah, no, he was only I, in the military I know, I know the Siege of Bodenburg or whatever that game was, was, was like, highly popular with military people. Yeah. Um, so um, Gygax was working with a, uh, a company called Guide on Games um, in 1973, and he eventually left them. And with his partner, Don Kay, after they reconciled, founded Tactical Studies Rules, which became known as TSR Hobbies. Um, so that company, the two men both invested all of their money into this venture, which was $1,000 a piece. And which Kay, in the year... Yeah, it was a lot more money back then. Was... That, yeah, that, that was like more like $10,000. whatever, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, Kay even actually borrowed his life, his share of his life insurance policy to get this out. Damn. Uh, and they together were able to raise enough money to print a thousand copies of their original iteration of Dungeons and Dragons, the box set. Mm. Dang. Um, this was in what year? 1973. 73. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, uh, so this was, the, I'm going to read you the title of the thing that they released. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, rules for fantastic medieval war games campaigns playable with paper and pencil and miniature figures. That was the title yeah. of the object. It it uh it it's it says it all right in the title, really. I like our pitch better. <laughs> Do you want to be a hero? Yeah. They also tried to raise money by immediately publishing a set of separate war game rules called Cavaliers and Roundheads, but nobody bought it. I wonder Damn. why. They said it. Well, they they kind of just shit it out to try to have some supplemental income. Uh, nobody liked Roundhead it. just kind of doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> Roundhead definitely sounds Roundhead. like a racial slur. I would yeah. be like mouth breather in that kind of insult. It's like you're a Roundhead. Roundhead. You yellow belly. Smooth skin. Roundhead. Smooth brain. 
Um, I feel like a square head is almost worse. <laughs> so unfortunately, they didn't predict their printing costs correctly, and the prices ended up coming out to around $2,500 to print out their thousand copies. They ended up not literally not having enough capital. Um, this is reminding me of that meme of like the, uh, in, in it's always sunny where D is like, how do three grown men not have $800 between them? The economy it's in shambles. <laughs> um, so uh, basically they uh, ended up having to um, meet with their acquaintance, uh, Brian Bloom. And of course you've heard an exact reenactment of that um, just now. Um, and he invested some more money a few thousand dollars into TSR and became a one third equal partner getting on the ground floor. And they were able to publish their first thousand boxes. Um, so again, uh, after the printing, they only, <laughs> they didn't really have a lot of money left. Um, so the result was a uh, quote unquote amateurish. So uh, only about a hundred dollars was budgeted for artwork total. <laughs> For all you know, all the art that they had mm-hmm. was it good art, like back no. then? Or <clears throat> have I mean, you seen I any of it? It's examples. Really, really art is really in the eye of the beholder. Oh, well, um, honestly, well, isn't the beholder one of the like most unique monsters that yeah. they had in D anD D first edition? Which I've seen the art for it, and it's 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 not the worst. It's definitely like sort of horrifying. It's it, it yeah. like fits the genre of what it's supposed to be. Uh, can we all take a look at the? I gotta find this. I gotta find the succubus. Hold on, because that was. Well, I, I, I found the picture. I'm gonna post it in the okay. uh, copy image. So this is like the one of the first original monsters that they made, and that's the original art for it. Huh. Oh. Yeah. That's the beholder for first edition. Right? Loki, I love that. It's it's like it's a little horrifying, right? Okay, I think sorry, it's just horrifying it. enough to be a monster. Like, in, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the artwork for the succubus, which I love. Um, they use shitting on some dude's face. I just really don't know, man. <laughs> it's really whatever you want. It just it looks be. like they like traced over some sort of Renaissance era. And you know why? It does. Because they had a hundred dollars to make an entire book of artwork. <laughs> um, yeah. So Gygax pressed into service literally anyone he could find who could hold a pencil. Including people in his neighborhood. <laughs> yep. Hey kid, you have hands. Yeah, Come you got hands. Um, so this is when he brought on people like Jeff Perrin, uh, again who worked with him on Chainmail. Uh, of course, Don Kay, uh, uh, co-creator uh, Dave Arneson, and then um, <laughs> they even. Uh, so what they ended up doing was paying two dollars for one small artwork piece or three dollars for a large art piece. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. It's a they, lot of they, money. So, yeah. so they they went on Fiverr. Basically, yeah, they kind of did Fiverr, but just around the neighborhood <laughs> for <laughs> art. So, of course, much of the art was inspired by Lord of the Rings, but so, uh, a lot of the uh, monsters were actually inspired by the Marvel comic uh, Strange Tales, of which Doctor Strange comes from. Yeah. So, the, actually, the styling of the sorcerer was made to look like Doctor Strange himself too in the uh, in the book. So that's kind of cool. A little connection there. So not only did they rip off Lord of the Rings, they ripped off Marvel too. So you <laughs> yeah, I guess they like... did. Okay. Um, so, of course, in, uh, in 1974, D&D was starting to take off and the future looked very bright. And uh, Gygax and Kay at this time were only 36 years old. Um, but 
just that January, Kay died unexpectedly of a heart attack. And he had not made any specific provisions about his one third share of Dungeons and Dragons. So all of, oh, his, uh, yeah, his, his entire estate basically was left to his wife, Donna. So Donna was not a fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, she did, uh, it says she did not share her husband's enthusiasm for gaming. <laughs> and, uh, and she made it clear that she would never have anything to do with this company. Gygax characterized her as quote unquote less than personable. <laughs> was she After, still like making money off it though, I assume? Just like well, you guys yeah, deal she, with it, I'll take the money. I don't so, know, but. well, the, no, she actually didn't even want that. So, oh, okay. he's, yeah, so Gygax says here. After Dawn died, she dumped all the tactical studies rules and materials off on my front porch. It would have been impossible to manage a business with her involved. Good lord. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, they had to kind of reorganize. And also, the thing is that um, Don K's living room was their office. Oh. So, they had to relocate to Gygax's basement. <laughs> it's like... Do you see what I mean? Like, why is there not a social network like movie about this? Um, in ni- so in 1975, Gygax and Bloom, who were the you know two partners remaining, uh, reorganized their company into a full corporation called TSR Hobbies, um, and uh, they they ended up buying back uh, K's wife, or sorry, trying to buy back K's uh, share from his wife, but neither of them had enough money to buy her shares back. Um, so um, Bloom, who we talked about earlier, um, his uh, he actually got his father, Melvin Bloom, to buy Donna's shares back and then sell them to him for a lower price. It's fucking stock market manipulation. What? <laughs> this is insider trading, probably. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so after all this happened, Gygax was no longer the sole, like the majority shareholder of this company, but was instead like basically owned an equal amount of it to the other shareholders um and uh bloom ended up controlling the company so tsr hobbies then released a completely new and more complex version of D called advanced dungeons and dragons oh ad and d yeah so i don't know ryan or matt do you know a little bit about like the differences between D D original iteration and then ad and d i mean i think that there were like there were multiple books this time. Like the That's first it. one You're was right. just for DMs, and then the second one was like, like there were there they were different, a for different people, right? Yep, there was a supplemental book for players and a monster manual. Yeah, because before the 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 main guy had to describe everything to the players, and then now the players could also have their own set of rules that was like separate from what the DM was looking at. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Nice, you passed my quiz. Thank um, you. Oh, I've watched a lot of Matt Colville. I want to thank my mom. Um, I want to thank YouTube. <laughs> so the AD and D rules were not compatible with those of D and D, and as a as a you know result, they became two distinct product lines, which was kind of weird. They kind of split their fans up. Um, Arneson received a ten percent royalty on all sales of the D and D products, but Gygax refused to pay him royalties on the AD and D books, claiming it was a new and different property. So Arneson left the company in 1979 and filed a lawsuit against TSR. And it was settled in March 1981 with the agreement that Arneson would receive a 2.5% royalty on AD&D, which gave him a very comfortable six-figure annual income for the rest of his life. Okay. Damn. Yeah. All right. Clever. 
This is this is def- this is, ex- is exactly what happened to fucking Andrew Garfield in that movie. Yep, Andrew Garfield, the future uh, Spider-Man and himself. The guy, the guy that he played, whose name I've forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, he played Spider-Man yeah, in that movie. Peter Parker made a six-figure income based on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, oh, that's why he lives in that yeah. shitty ass apartment. Um. <laughs> So Brian Bloom, back in the mix, has persuaded Gygax to allow Brian's mother, uh, to, or sorry, his brother, excuse me, to purchase uh, his father's shares. So the Bloom brothers together had a controlling interest in this company. And by 1981, Gygax was basically always at odds with the Blooms on management of the company. So um, eventually he had a lot of changes to his personal life. He and Mary Jo had been active members of the Jehovah's Witnesses. What? <laughs> but, um, but others in the congregation felt uneasy about Gygax's smoking and drinking excessively. Like during congregation? <laughs> I doesn't say, but I'm going to say yes because that'd be funnier. Okay. When else? Um, Comes in with a, a cigarette. Hey, A and D and D is doing great. Isn't it a little wild? He was like a practicing Jehovah's Witness and he like created this. You know what I mean? Like in 1973. Wrote a book about demons. Yeah, but 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 I guess like... There's a difference between people that that um, think that that this is real and they need to be worried about it versus people that can accept that it's fantasy. Yeah. And um, and and like I, I feel like a lot of Christians could have had a lot of fun with the fantasy of D&D without if, if not for the people that insisted that you can't cho- like you have to choose one or the other. Yeah, I just don't know. if I, I, don't, I, I don't think that was always the case. I don't know Sorry. if I would have liked a uh, a Christian D and D like made specifically like to be Christian. That would have been an interesting concept. There's only yeah. one God. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> why isn't he doing anything? It's like I can imagine that being a thing that I would have played a youth group as a kid. Like that, I don't know how, but it sounds like that could yeah. be something they would make. So, uh, of course, as you guys were predicting, eventually his connection to the quote unquote satanic game D and D caused enough friction that they were asked to dissociate themselves from the Jehovah's Witnesses locally. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jehovah's Witnesses are the ones that believe that aliens the co- Earth, right? No. Or something? Well, no. I think those no. are the, are you, the Jehovah's Witnesses are the ones that generally are the ones besides Mormons that would come to your door. Yeah, they're the oh, ones who come I, to your I think door, thinking, but they also have some well, they also have some weird stuff like you can't yeah, you're thinking mm-hmm. of Scientology. But uh, Jehovah's Witnesses also have a thing where, like, you can't celebrate birthdays, like, you can't have parties of any kind. And, They're like... fucked. Anyway, there's They're a bunch really? of really They're weird totally stuff. Fucked, man. It, it is... I'm, I'm so sorry to anyone who's in the Jehovah's Witnesses. No, it is It is definitely still a cult, and you should get out if you can. Um, they are the I... reason why I have a, like, what, why my no soliciting sign also has a no religion, like, addendum to it. Ooh. Um... <laughs> So let's see here. Um, at this time, Mary Jo had come to very much resent the amount of time her husband spent playing games and had begun to drink excessively. Yikes. Um, so Gygax, who had started smoking marijuana a long time ago, started to use cocaine and also had a number of extramarital affairs. Wow, uh, what a guy. What a guy. That's and what you is supposed to be an outlet for, so you're not doing shit like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Finally, in 1983, the two had a... Uh, uh, mutually mutual divorce apparently so gygax was newly single and took advantage of his time on the west coast so he rented an, an entire gigantic mansion increased his cocaine use and spent time with several young starlets in hollywood you would be wow. making that much money 
Yeah, he was making he was making money. Well, he was making if, money. If two and a half percent is six figures. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a good way to put it. The majority like of the rest of it. Yeah. And this was like what seventies or eighties still, or like this is the late seventies now or early eighties. Okay. Sorry, and that makes part. sense, like I guess, 90s. for that time period. That's a lot of money for that time period. Yeah, and it's Damn. a lot of cocaine. It's a lot of cocaine. Well, I think that's actually the regular amount of cocaine for the eighties. That's probably true. <laughs> um. Yeah, like he he began to smoke marijuana is such a strange like thing compared to like the vast quantities of cocaine that yeah I me- immediately after he smoked period. weed and he like, did a shit ton like of as if that's <laughs> the devil's thing and not the i think it was well, the, cloud. I'm, i may not have like clarified that right because like he he had smoked marijuana for a long time but he like moved up to cocaine basically at this oh, time okay yeah uh, um but like so, he picked up some evil drugs like it was Weed all that satanic vampire game. So in 1984, he finally reached an agreement in Hollywood with Orson Welles to himself star in a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh. I, yeah, I was like, what? Are you sure, buddy? Um, I don't know if anyone's like looked at a picture of him, but maybe not yeah. Hollywood material. Yeah, I, I know. Was it as successful as a Mario movie? It didn't come out, so I'll tell oh. you why. Um, after they they had signed a contract and everything, but before they got started on the actual movie, he received word that back in Lake Geneva, TSR had run into a severe financial difficulty, and in fact, Kevin Bloom was shopping the company out for six million dollars. So Gygax like discarded the movie, which never got made, and he flew back to Lake Geneva and discovered that although the uh, they were pulling in thirty million dollars in yearly revenue. They were barely breaking even, which is insane. <laughs> it's like let me spend all this money on. Let me, you know what? Let me let me. Ch- well, this wasn't Gygax. This was like a. This is a Bloom like, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to translate thirty million USD in 1987 to 2022. That is 74 million dollars. So they're they're pulling in an annual revenue of 74 million dollars equivalent. And they are still losing money. Nice. Um, so, in fact, it w- the they found out that the uh, TSR was $1.5 million in debt and was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. <laughs> so uh, Gygax charged that the financial crisis was due to mismanagement by, uh, by Kevin Bloom, by excess inventory overstaffing, having too many company cars, and having too many questionable and expensive projects, such as dredging up a 19th century shipwreck on the company's dime. What? <laughs> what is going on here? That's pretty fucking cool, though. How in the world did he get away with really that? really cool. I'm really glad. He was cooking the books. Through. He was fudging the books, man. <laughs> did they really bring it up out of the ground? Because that's fucking yeah. legit. I yeah. love that. It was for work research, I swear. It was for work. No, they drew a picture no, of it for I mean, $2. No, I mean, honestly, like, like how did, hey, hey, does anyone actually know how boats work? One's down there right now. Pull it up. <laughs> so Pull it um, up. I'm going to throw money at it. Pull it up. Eventually, TSR, uh, uh, we, we talked about this, but basically Gygax would leave the company shortly after this. Um, but uh TSR would go on to take legal action to prevent other people from publishing compatible materials with their works. This angered many fans and it led to wide resentment from other gaming companies because this, that was not a thing at the time. Um, TSR is kind of the ones who had this idea first that like, no, we, people are, people shouldn't publish supplemental information to our thing. Like we should only, we should have all the money. What if we had all the money? (laughs) Um, 
So TSR took legal action against several publishers in an attempt to restrict third-party usage, but it was never brought to any court case completion and was settled out of court every time. And TSR ended up itself running afoul of intellectual property law and lost Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I I didn't get too deep into this, but like from what I saw, like I I understand that like them basically trying to copyright the idea of a vampire. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They tried to copyright a lot of shit. Yes, that they it's just stuff that you can't copyright. You know what I mean? Like they were just trying to copyright like everything that they possibly could get their hands on. And then Mm -hmm. they were fully willing to for for the court to say no. But on the off chance that they didn't. They were just like, yeah, let's try. Right. That's pretty much the idea. Do they have the name Beholder, I guess, down? That sounds like a original creature. I'm pretty sure Beholder is extremely... The, like is absolutely purely invented. The, yeah, it, it doesn't exist it anywhere else. It is one of the. Prove that, it is, that, yeah, it that is one he, of the he only. Just came up with it. Well, yeah, it's from it's it is from that phrase like you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So like yeah. the beholder is this thing with this big eye. Um, and and it believes itself to be beautiful. That's mm-hmm. the that's the main point of it, I guess. Yeah, maybe but, it and, is beautiful. Just because well, you it, it is. It is it's the, if you ask it, it's the most beautiful thing that's ever existed. You know what? I wish I had that confidence. And maybe it's probably be disintegrated. <laughs> wow. So, uh, as we said, TSR ended up losing a lot of money here. Um, in the face of TSR's uncommon bankruptcy, bidding developed for the firm, and a lot of the and some of these bidders included uh, filmmakers, Sweet Pea Entertainment, as well as Five Ring Publishing Group, and of course. The winners, Wizards of the Coast. Um, so, so on on April tenth, nineteen ninety seven, Wizards of the Coast announced their purchase of all the assets of TSR, including D anD D, and of course the most uh, major gaming convention at the time, Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So then, in nineteen ninety nine, he founded Gen Con, right? He did, yes. Okay. Um, and that that was a that was a personal project of his, but that actually ended up belonging to TSR. That was another mm-hmm. legal battle that they had. Yeah. Um, but of course, TSR ended up being bought by Wizards. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, Wizards of the Coast still does uh, own and run D&D today. So in, a, in 1999, of course, Hasbro arrived and they got hungry. Oh. Uh, hilariously, I'm they had actually... Hasbro is like Kirby. Like walking <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so this is actually interesting. Hasbro had actually expressed interest in purchasing TSR back when they were on sale two years before. However, they were not willing to pay what uh, TSR was asking. So uh, they came back, and after almost immediately after TSR, after this hap- this deal went through, uh, Hasbro showed up and bought uh, Wizards of the Coast. So they basically waited for... Um, <laughs> They they weren't interested in paying that that money for uh for D and D before, but now that they could get that grouped in with everything else Wizards of the Coast owned, they uh jumped in and grabbed it, and nice. uh, they actually were. They said that they they felt that they could monetize Dungeons and Dragons in a similar way to Pokemon at the time, which is like, I don't know, ambitious, ambitious. They they this were was, in the card game industry though. They were right? yeah. Hasbro was making Pokemon cards. So it makes a little sense why they would think that. So they ended up closing the deal to buy Wizards for $325 million in 1999. 
that's a pretty big acquisition. Yeah, it is. Damn. Um, what's that now? Is it like a billion? No, it wouldn't. It would be less than a billion, but still a good good amount. Yeah, probably a. Would it be more than a hundred million? I don't. I don't know. Let me see. Hold on. So was that? Yeah, it would be because it's what was the number I gave? Three hundred twenty-five million. Oh, I thought you said two and a half million. No. no. Okay. Three hundred three hundred twenty-five million dollars in nineteen ninety-nine. Well, yeah, that might be. I'm doing the. I'm doing the thing here. Um, from nineteen. I don't know. Five fifty k or five fifty million. Sorry. Yeah, five hundred fifty million sounds right. Damn. Okay. Half That's a lot of money. money. Half a billy, baby. Um. So of course, after Wizards of the Coast took over, they started trying to distance themselves from the turmoil and uh, that, that TSR had gone through, and um, they ended up creating Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition, which was released in two thousand. It was a massive revision of the old, well-respected Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and sort of was a a uh, soft pointer for fans to discontinue playing AD&D and move over to this new unified system. So um, with it was also the D20 system and uh, the idea of having a system reference document, which defines the system and had an open gaming license, which allowed other companies to make use of the system. So this was a complete turnaround from what TSR was doing. They're basically not only did they allow other companies to publish uh, supplements for their game, their base game that they created, they were encouraging it by giving out like building materials uh, for open source work. Well, oh, nice you people. know what I'm just remembering, by the way? Mm-hmm. One other addition to, to the like original D&D was that uh, D and the original D&D, you still had to own the chainmail product to play it. Because it I... used the chainmail setting. Yeah, you're and right. And then it did later, after the original D&D was released. Then later than that, um, Gary released the Greyhawk supplement. And and then and then after the, the Greyhawk supplement was released, uh, you could use the Greyhawk supplement instead of the chainmail rules. And that's why... And, and, then, and then AD&D wrapped it all up into one. That was another thing that I oh. remembered just now. Anyway, sorry. Cool. But it like it definitely just was not its own game at first. It was basically like a, hey, here's an idea of a game that could be. Yeah. And then yeah. and then A D and D actually might have been its own game for real. Um. So yeah, this is a D twenty system that was introduced here caused a gigantic boom in the tabletop RPG industry. Um, and pretty much everyone and their mother jumped on this uh, bandwagon uh, by producing their own uh, D20-based supplements. And um, it kind of became an industry trend for a while that pretty much every uh, RPG system coming out was D20-based because of the explosive popularity of this. Um, so, uh, yeah, Call of Cthulhu is another notable thing that uh, Wizards of the Coast put out on that same system. Has anyone played that? I've never done that, but I wanted to, but no. Call of Cthulhu. It's like a, I think horror or sanity. Yeah, yeah, it's it's horror, but yeah, the insanity thing is one of the things in it. Um, there's also two video games they made out of the system, which I think one of them's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, one was made a. 
a while ago. Not a lot, but like a couple years back, I think. Yeah, there was one from like 2017 or 18 or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so more people were ex- uh, exclusively producing D20 material intended to be add-ons for D&D. So a bunch of new companies sprung up. And eventually the market got completely saturated and over flooded in the mid 2000s. There were so many tiny startup companies um, that were producing content for D&D that it just oversaturated the market and basically it collapsed. <laughs> uh, this happens pretty much for, mm-hmm. you know, everything at some point, mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. popular enough. So um, Wizards of the Coast uh, continued to publish their own D&D material at a very, very frequent rate. Um, so in 2003, in response to this, um, Wizards released 3.5. So, um, this was a, so this was a large enough change that many consumers panicked and figured that their old 3.0 material was no longer good, stopped buying the 3.0 books and in, you know, regardless of if they were licensed or not. Mm -hmm. And this caused a cascade effect and contributed to a lot of different smaller companies who ended up going bankrupt during this time. So the market for tabletop RPGs, as we said, completely crashed. Uh, 3.5e did bring back interest in the name, but some serious damage had been done to the industry as a whole. Um, just like too much of a too much of a good thing. It was only like three years later, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, That's 2000 fine. was was version three, and then 3.5 was uh, 2000, 2003. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Um. So Damn. in a damn okay so has anyone played any of 3.5 i've actually not played any of it myself i i haven't and i'm not sure i want to i've tried i played like, one game as a one shot in college before i had ever played 5e and it was like disgusting <laughs> it's just over like it took me There's so much junk in it dude it yeah. took me like a week like with help to try to figure out how to make a character <laughs> and i was like man this is not just this is not fun I mean, yeah. the the pros and cons are are both in the same like like idea. It it, yeah. it, it it's it, there really... there is a right way and a wrong way to make a character like mathematically, and um, the, that that is both the pro and the con of yeah. 3.5. Right? Well, it's because like mm-hmm. you kind of have to plan for later levels. Yeah. Early on, there there are incorrect decisions, and if you make them, then you're fucked. Yeah, and it's like well shit i don't want to play anymore which which like is could be really fun if you're into that sort of thing you you need yeah. a table of min maxers so yeah yeah like 3.5 eventually ended up becoming very popular and is still around today but at the time it was extremely divisive because 3.0 had basically just come out a few years ago and the they were kind of splitting their players in, into factions essentially of like which system to use um so in order to remedy this they uh, said, okay, we produced another version too quickly, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In order to fix this, let's produce another version very quickly. Mm-hmm. So in a January 2005... Later, yeah. No, no, it was two years later, dude. That always Damn. Works. 2005, beginning of the year, they <laughs> they started... Uh, they put out a, um, a Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition, uh, prompted mainly by feedback uh, that people wanted the game to be faster, more intuitive, and a better playing experience. Um, this was, uh, started, this was released sort of in an early access phase in, in 2005 and then get a full release in 2007. Um, 
so yeah, I, I don't know. Like a fourth edition is uh, it streamlined the game and it made a lot of little changes. Um, character abilities were restructured into powers, which I don't know about. Uh, it's um, it's really easy. Uh, it's 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 way more simple than five e. I think. Interesting. Yeah, I was gonna it, it, actually. Yeah, go ahead it, and t- tell me it's about video fourth. gaming. I, I I haven't played fourth edition, but I've like read a lot about it. I've watched videos explaining it, and extremely recently, uh, Matt Colville um started streaming his fourth edition game dusk um mm-hmm. with, with one of my favorite youtubers uh dale kingsmill i don't separate D D content but uh it it makes a lot of sense what's happening the 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 the, the wording of abilities and how things work in fourth edition is extremely uh like telling where they know that you're playing a video game that has turns in a row right like mm-hmm. it's the, the the wording of fourth edition knows that you as a person are playing like a a strategic turn-based battle game and the wording aware. of 5e is like no 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 man you don't you don't actually have to be in a battle to use this bro like let me word it in a way where it could be applicable in every sort of situation you could ever think of and and so it's like extremely vague and there's there's like numbers of seconds used and they have a number of feet listed that that it's like available for instead of like fourth edition it's meant to be on a grid and they know you're playing on a grid so it'll just say like this ability goes four squares oh instead hmm. of like this ability goes three yeah. right interesting they, they, okay. they don't pretend like you're not playing a game in fourth edition i see what you mean i see what you mean okay okay but, but in fifth edition they're pretending like you aren't playing a game so, yeah, in this attempt to unify everybody, they did, because 4th edition was a colossal flop. Yeah, they, everyone um, hated it. Literally everybody hated it, so much so that people agreed to just stick with 3.5 and just, uh, let's, all, let's all play that. <laughs> um, so, of course, in 2012, um, finally back at it, uh, was the release of 5th edition, which was, of course, the explosion of Dungeons & Dragons that we know today. Um, since they released fifth edition, there have been over 20 official books, um, published with, of course, hundreds of supplemental books from other third parties. Um, yeah, have you played D&D? Yeah, I've, I've tried. I've dipped in. Name every book. Okay. <laughs> Let me see what I've got here on my shelf. Um, hey, he's cheating. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, have, I have Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Oh, so that's all you need, because it's oh, a guide sure. to everything. That's true. Um, so... Uh, they actually ca- they said that D and D in had grew like explosively to the point that in 2017 uh, they said that in North America alone they had 15 million regular players they uh, found. Damn, that's yeah. beautiful. That's yeah, which is like no- probably nothing compared to now. Shout out to Critical Role. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll talk about Critical Role a bit. Although I think the number of people that say they're playing D and D probably is nowhere close to the number of people that are actually playing D D. um yeah that's probably true also. are you gatekeeping D D? am just saying like, He's dungeon as, keeping. like if you're saying <laughs> that hey no yeah i play dnd I, I just want you to ask yourself how long was has it been since the last time you played and like are you actually still playing D? Oh, like, i mean like you are you actively about, in the like, campaign hey, yeah yeah like go play in D D, my dude hey and if you can't find someone to dm for you be the dm yourself just being a DM is scary. I'm terrified. Being a DM is fun. I love it. Terrified. All around the world. 
It's yeah, it's fun. It's good. Do it. Just do it like me. Don't be afraid to kill your party. Yeah, that, <laughs> that did kill all of us. That did happen. Yeah, oh, don't be, everyone's too afraid to, for people to die. Yeah. Hey, if the dice fail, don't plan on killing your players. <laughs> but if the dice fail, hey. Yeah, I didn't kill you. The, the dice, dice failed. My like philosophy when I'm DMing is like, get your characters to like be as close to death as they possibly can without killing them. Yeah, that's kind of how I like to do it. But... I told that line a bit more. Uh, more. Yeah, I but, saw yeah. that. <laughs> um, so D and D, of course, in modern times, has become synonymous with tabletop RPGs. Has been featured in a ton of pop culture stuff, uh, such as Community, the IT Crowd, Big Bang Theory, and of course, is a main plot point of Stranger Things, which boosted its popularity immensely when that show came out. Uh, Critical Role has also become a massive beast, pulling in sometimes up to two point seven million weekly viewers. Um, as well as other huge actual play casts uh, using D&D, such as Acquisitions Incorporated, Dungeons and & Daddies, and of course the Adventure Zone from the McElroy Brothers. Um, another notable thing is we just had a, a gigantic uh, D&D-inspired game come out, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I still need to yeah, play that. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, so that is a playoff of, there was a Borderlands 2 DLC called Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep where she is the DM and sort of narrates basically what's happening to you as you guys try to make your way through this fantasy adventure playing as the characters. And to tie it um, all in, Ashley Johnson is is like a regular guest on Critical Role. Okay, nice. Yeah, Tiny She's Tina has some like, yeah. crazy cast. I think J.K. Simmons is in it, Andy yeah. Samberg is in it, Ashley Birch is in it. Um, so, good shit. So, yeah, at this point... Um, Wait, does Ashley Johnson voice Tiny Tina? No, Ashley Oh, Birch not Ashley Johnson. I'm so sorry. Time. Ashley Birch, not Ashley Johnson. Oh. Okay. I thought yeah. Ashley Johnson might be somebody else in the game, but No, I, I said the wrong last name. Okay. Um I was like, I was surprised. I was like, oh cool, I didn't know she did that. Yeah, no, no. Ashley Birch is uh, is voices Tiny Tina. So yeah. that's what I was um, thinking of. Anyway, yeah, at this point I do want to open it up to talk about like the, the culture and stuff a little bit. Like Matt, you mentioned Critical Role has been kinda of huge and they just had a tv show come out the legend of box machina i really yep. enjoyed the tv show i yeah never... tell me about it i don't know anything about it well i've never listened to critical role but i enjoyed the tv show and i think they're i from what i assume is they're going to continue the animated series and if they continue yes. the animated series i'll watch it they should for a while yeah okay I, I know that season two was was greenlit like before they even released season one by amazon mm-hmm so there's definitely going to be another season. It's they're already working on it right now. Does season one cover all of the first campaign? Or no, no, not nowhere even remotely close. I was gonna say I was like, That's season long. one is through uh through Percy's shit. Oh, the whole yeah okay. Yeah, we're trying not cool. to spoil for anyone yeah. listening. Yeah. Go so. Um, you, Brian, you, you and Matt both have watched Critical Role, right? Yeah, and Chelsea so, watched The Legend of Vox Machina as well, and she's also never seen Critical Role. Mm-hmm, and she enjoyed she, it? She, like, usually with something like this, I'm like, hey, hey, I think you might like this. Let's try out an episode. I won't make you watch more than one. We can, like, watch mm-hmm. a YouTube video after. And so, like, I'll put on one. And then with, like, usually she's like, yeah, okay, that was fine. Let's do something else now. But with this one, she was like, no, is there more? <laughs> I want to watch Ooh. the next one right okay, now. Maybe I'll dip in then. Yeah, the characters uh, are very lovable. She loved it, and and she was like, she was like, wait, there's only like the first day that we watched the first three. She was like, that's it. I thought there was a whole season, Ryan, and I was like, no, we have to wait till next week. There's gonna be three more. 
Fuck. Wait, are the episodes mm-hmm. longer? No, they're like th- three episodes are like an hour. Oh, like I'm twenty on... minutes. Yeah. Oh, it's like an average. Yeah. 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 Show, I guess. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Twelve episodes for the season, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Um. So yeah, for. I, I, just each of you who like how would you kind of um actually let's do this first so i think one thing that's confusing to new people is like what is official what is unearthed arcana what is homebrewing and stuff like that D- does anyone want to try to take a crack at that like explaining what that is well official is wizard of the coast books you got xanathar's you got tasha's you got the player's handbook all that shit right unearthed arcana is literally playtest material so wizards releases it and says we're thinking about doing this. Play it, give us feedback. So, and it might make its way into an official book. Like some Arthur, Unearth Arcana has been mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tied into Xanathar's as subclasses, uh, th- feats, things the like that. The Revised Ranger, the Gunslinger, right? Yeah. The the Artificer. Wait, is the Gunslinger official yet? Mm, I don't know. Wasn't it released through Matt Mercer's th- like the official critical? Yeah, with role the thing? with the Blood Hunter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all that that was UA first, right? I think so. Yeah. And um. Yeah. Homebrew is just like I'm making it. But it's well, homebrew. At, at the same time, there's a lot of UA stuff that never makes it to official because they throw it out because it's yeah. it, like people decide it's not very good. It's it's either grossly underpowered, grossly yeah, or overpowered, overpowered, or just yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> just bad. Yeah, the the UA stuff is really fun to pull like um, weird subclasses from. Um, yeah, the hierarchy which... is like official, greater than UA, greater than homebrew. But some yeah. homebrew is yeah. so greater like, than for UA. example. Don't, if don't you go are to like thinking D&D of running D and D, and someone pulls out something homebrew, your default answer ninety nine point five percent of the time should be absolutely no. Get it out of here. I don't know how to run this game. I'm trying just as hard as you are to understand it. Don't throw this shit at me. Please just use something yeah. official. If you've played a while, yeah, it's Yeah, fine, if you've uh, played a yeah, while and you've ran more than one thing, and if the player has already ran more than one thing, then maybe let them do homebrew. But if they want to yeah. start out with homebrew, they don't even fucking know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, they, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, There's I, no yeah, reason I'm to be shy about no. saying no either. Yeah. Like, you, we're all, you know, no mature people. No should be your no. default word when people want to try crazy shit in D&D. Yeah. But keep an open mind obviously yeah, like i want like, to no should be your like when people are trying bullshit stuff you have to learn how to say no otherwise your game will fall apart yeah yeah now on the other hand um ashley who was in my other D group that i was dming for years ha- um very very nicely cross-stitched uh, me a little sign that's above my desk right now with the d20 that says you can certainly try in fancy font oh that's the that's the alternative saying. to saying no Right. But don't say you can certainly try if you don't think a if you 20 don't think would possible. be a success. Right. Then don't let them. Just say no. You can't roll. This is something I think I need to explain to, and I sh- we should have done this up front. But like, I t- I tell people that I play D anD D sometimes, and they're like, "Well, like, what do you use to play?" And it's like, "Well, I mean, mostly it's your imagination." Like, mm-hmm. and like, it's well, hard. So there's to- rules. There's no rules. Yeah, so, oh, there's no say rules. Whatever you want. Like, well, I'm a god yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to to basically like yes you're usually i think usually people are looking at a map just for references spatially where they are if they're in a battle Mm -hmm. if they're not maybe you are maybe you aren't 
Um, and then outside of that, you have your character sheets showing your stats and your abilities and your powers and stuff like that. And Just your... the other day, um, when I was in East Texas, um, one of Chelsea's cousins uh, was like, like we, everyone was just in this big room. There were like thirty-five East Texans in, in in a living room, all just talking about whatever. How many of those tapes are screwing a light bulb? <laughs> Probably uh, just one of them. In a I was gonna say it sounded like <laughs> but, a start of a joke. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, one of her cousins was just like, "Yo, anyone has anyone ever played D and D in this room?" And Chelsea, like, I I like my eyes opened up from my slumber, and and <laughs> Chelsea like like pointed at me and. And uh, she was like, Ryan knows. And, and he was like, Ryan, you, you know about D&D? And I was like, I am Wikipedia. <laughs> I am um, D&D. Yeah. He was like, what do you do? And I was just immediately like, okay, let's assume you're you right now. You're capable. You're a fighter. You're in this. And, and I like described a room and, and he, uh, he walked in and he was like, what can I do? And I was like, well, you see the bartender right there. There's a dude who looks like a cat on your left. There's a dude in the hood way over there. What do you want to do? He was like, I don't know. I want to kill the guy that looks like a cat. And I was like, no. well, in that case, you would do this and this. And he was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So essentially, I think the most basic way you can boil this down is that this you are in the biggest open world sandbox game <laughs> that could conceivably exist. It's not the, the beauty of it is it's, it isn't a game. It's that the game is like the game engine is the brain of another human think yeah. of it like sky so what i describe it is like think of it like skyrim it's an open world you could do whatever the fuck you want you want to put a pot on that guy's head to cover yourself sure but he's like gonna react like a normal person Be like what the fuck yeah. still yeah. from my shop boy get out of here um and so like yeah basically you were trying to take action basically your dm tells you what's happening around you you try to respond with what you want to do and dice rolls determine if you do the thing or not. And that's kind of the most basic way I think I can reduce it to, but like, um, yeah, I think the best thing to do is to check out something like, I don't know if I would advise critical role because it's like so far in it's hard I, to like start. I really, really liked So before critical role, before I ever saw critical role, I was super into the, um, acquisitions incorporated podcast. Mm-hmm. yeah they're very popular too uh it, it's it's so casual they they're more like real people because none of them are voice actors or anything yeah they're just they're just playing a game i mean it's it's the dm is chris perkins himself so like it's it's not like it's this is your everyday D game either uh and for reference chris perkins is the one that sort of writes most of the adventures currently i think still does definitely used to he yeah he did for some time he wrote the adventure stuff but like you know princes of the apocalypse which was my first campaign that you and matt ran um with me or or you were players in like i'm pretty sure that was written by chris perkins for example um chris estrade i'm pretty sure was written by chris perkins Another um, good um, YouTuber is, or not YouTuber, a good video is uh, Stephen Colbert and Matt Mercer have like a one-on-one session. In what D&D. you should, what you should, it's only like watch, 40 yeah, minutes the, too. the red nose thing. Yeah, yeah. A great way to introduce yourself to it is to watch the community episode of Dungeons and Dragons. It's very funny <laughs> and it's, it's very good. Um, yeah. The other thing I will say is shout out to uh, the Adventure Zone. Yeah, I've been listening to the McElroy Brothers for like five, six years, um, but. Yeah, they they also do their own. I think the most casual you could possibly make it, pod, 
like play podcast of D and D. Um, the first season is still very, very good. I, I highly recommend it. And it's very, it's very, very casual to the point that like they almost aren't even playing a game, <laughs> but I think it's really fun. It's a, it's a good listen. So shout out for that. Um, yeah. So I think the other thing I want to um, uh, just bring up is um, Wizards of the Coast announced a few months ago that they are working on the sixth edition. Um, they said it will be backwards compatible with all materials from fifth edition. Wow. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh. And so that leaves, sorry. I, I would be remiss to, mm-hmm. to, I don't even know if I'm using that word right. To, to neglect to say the following. Um, that's, right, that's right usage. D and D is absolute. Like, don't listen to Wizards of the Coast. They're lying to you. They would like <gasps> you to buy their product no matter what. They are trying to sell it, and they want you to spend money on it. If you have a game that you want to run that isn't focused on rolling dice and killing things. D&D probably is not the game for you, and other people make games that are extremely similar to D&D, but aren't explicitly focused on crawling through a dungeon to stab things and steal their treasure. And Mm -hmm. other people make games that are way, way, way better than D&D if you are focused on things that aren't that. Yes, so D&D is, like, of course we've talked about, like, the origins of D&D are that it is a combat simulator. Yes. That is still largely what it is. And Wizards of the Coast will say that it isn't anymore. They're lying. It is. They want you to spend money on their shit. That's it. Um, yeah, and that's a great that's a great thing to mention, Ryan, because I think like as we mentioned earlier, like D and D sort of becomes synonymous with tabletop RPGs. Yes. And it's not it's not it's the biggest. They'll tell you you can do anything you want in D and D. And to a certain extent, to an extent you can, yeah, but you the rules don't like support it anymore. There's that's when you start delving in more like homebrew. It's like now you got the DM to you have to work with the DM to do stuff. Once I've like when I'm when I'm running a game, like the amount of homebrewing that like I end up doing, it's like we're really just using the combat rules because I don't want to come up with a combat system. (laughs) It's like half my games. Right. And so, like, but there are a ton of other RPGs out there you can use. There are some that are, like, ultra, like, detailed. There are some that are so non-detailed that, like, they become, again, infinite possibilities. Like, the Cypher system is, like, a big one that is, like, so, like, non-detailed that, like, you can literally do anything in it. There's a free version of um, a tabletop game for actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, and I've really wanted to (laughs) run it for you guys for a while. Um, the it's avatar. Just, it's just like four people running away from Shia LaBeouf in, a, oh in the God. woods. <laughs> the um, the uh, tabletop RPG uh, Avatar Legends uh, for Avatar: The Last Airbender just came oh, out. Oh, um, I have it. Uh, I did kickstart it. Um, hey, you're another whale shark like me or whatever, right? Like, uh, uh, I think I did the fly- I think Flying Bison. It was like the ninety dollar tier or whatever. I think I did that one or the yeah. one below it. I don't remember, but I think I can't remember what the tier was. But like, anyway, I got all the stuff. Was the tier. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's out already with one expansion, Wan Tong's Guide to Everything. Wow. You know, Wan Tong is like the owl that runs the ancient library. Mm-hmm. That is so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's officially licensed. It has a bunch of new canon material for the Avatar universe that were signed off on by uh, Mike and Brian over at that's Nickelodeon. Tight. And see, that's I'm so excited that like 
because that's the thing is like the two of them don't have to make everything for this universe like i'm i'm happy they're letting like other people do that and just kind of give it their blessing you know yeah that's like uh you guys remember that um that avatar homebrew i ran yeah yeah i remember it. yeah i was like this is like just way better because i I don't have to be constrained to 5e's rules about like i enjoyed that i enjoyed that game that we played because we were doing that for like a while right that was like like a few months three or four weeks it was like a month it was was at least i think it was at least oh that was at least like a month or two well i was in it for three i think it was like a month and a bit but yeah anyway but yeah no there's there's a lot of other systems out there so um and i'm working on one myself i gotta finish it uh come play it well, don't yet though. But when it's done, come play the demon one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm probably rename it too. But yeah, I've I've been converting it off of a D20 system very slowly. It's taking a very long time. Well, what yeah, and, and the other thing with D and D is like they say that the rules are are fine for for like a lot of different settings, but really they're all versions of the same setting, in my opinion. I like, can see what you mean. Like you they're, can do they're a just sci-fi medieval D&D, fantasy, like... you know, like we we are stuck in a vaguely pre-victorian medieval setting with magic that's that's it like there's no historical difference really mm-hmm. you know i don't know what were you saying Alyssa? let alone a, like, i wanted to hear more about your the one you're working on i guess oh yeah were you were you not in our group uh i guess you weren't when i, I was running this when i was in charleston that was the the first edition of it i'm on the third edition of it now and yeah. i guess it's still like i played in, in alpha i yeah. not like some of it I never played with you guys, but I came and I watched sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, um, who was in that group? Like, Logan, uh, Jerry, Jason, uh, Annie. Was Monica anyway. in there? Or was Monica... Monica, Monica I don't know. I think she just came and watched sometimes. Um, oh, Foster was in there. Uh, Celia. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I it was that was good, but I'm I'm completely... I, I It was too much, like, D&D to the point <laughs> where I was like... I don't like this. And like, I realized a lot of the game that I had made was the way it was because D and D is just sort of the default in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, I moved everything over to a, a D six system, which I like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made things a way, way simpler, but still like you can get a little weird with it. So um, my new year's resolution this year was to finish and publish this game. Cause I've been working on it for fucking six years now. I'm time. completely forgetting what it was, but I've played a game that was based on three D six. Ooh. Like, like 18 is the max, but three is the minimum. That's so like everything fun. was much more like a bell curve for, yeah, for the rules mean. that you made. I'm, I'm completely blanking on what that was called, but yeah um anyway so yeah keep keep an eye out but i'll i'll let you guys know on the podcast and people around me once i like have a new version of that because i'm i am going to get a group together to start playing that oh Um, my god please i have not done a group in so long and i don't know people that do it anymore really (laughs) um weren't you gonna start one with like fucking daniel lang we're gonna bully me into being the the dungeon master and i don't i've never done that before and i just didn't feel comfortable doing it and i didn't have the time to plan it out so i just that fell apart yeah okay so anything else anyone want to add on i mean like D is cool you can use oh some some of the software stuff like roll 20 is great that's what we use to play online that's kind of mm-hmm. the main one Damn. there's also like uh fantasy grounds and what was foundry. The yeah. foundry yeah foundry yeah um so there's mediums to play online you don't have to do it in person um if you go to mm-hmm. okay also if you go to reddit.com slash r slash lfg and you try to look for a group 
you will have one within 24 hours. I cannot yeah. promise that it will be a good group or that it will stay together. <laughs> if you are someone that's, that's my concern, running the game, then you'll have a group in 24 hours. Yeah, that's true. You're if you're right. planning on trying to like just six hours enter sometimes. a group, then post multiple times and you'll never get in one. Good luck. Yeah, good fucking uh, luck. That is um, a lie because the first post I made to join a D&D group was your well, That was my post. Uh, and yeah. I I happened to respond to you, so. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I just I was the I'm the exception on How the How many role, years ago is that? It was over oh, It was like almost ago. 6 years ago. Eight? No. No. It's 2016. Oh. 6, yeah. 2016. Six. Oh my god, um, that was the year I started college. <laughs> yeah, that's Oof. that that was when we were when I was started at Charleston. When I was just a babe. Yeah, that's true. Ryan, I still think about like this fucking the first time i met chelsea during our orientation day Mm -hmm. and like i talked to her for like maybe two minutes and she said you and my fiance would be best friends (laughs) and she she told me that like she was like i met a guy who i think we'd be friends with and i was like okay whatever and then she was and then like months later she was like hey that guy i think you'd be friends with is going to be at this halloween party and i was like okay whatever it was like a it was like a hitman thing it's like, yeah, yeah, and, like, and, and then I target. walked up to you at the Halloween party and I was like, yo, I heard you want to play D&D. <laughs> it got me. It was, and it I was opened that, up my jacket and I was it like, was that damn in? smile. <laughs> pulls out his, ja- opens his jacket, pulls out graph paper. Look what I yeah. got. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Anyway, D&D is a great way to make friends is kind of what I'm trying to get to. So mm-hmm. I think if you're craving some social interaction, you can definitely set up a thing online and do it there. Yeah. Um, also D&D Beyond is a great tool. I, the only reason I don't, I'm not like a big shill for it is because they don't let you like convert your physical purchases <laughs> into um, stuff on Beyond. Oh um, yeah, but Beyond Beyond is like phenomenal software. It's it's really great reference, and I I would probably have if I hadn't already bought a bunch of these books, I would have probably gotten them from there. You get it, it on your super, phone as well. It makes it super easy to create I mean, characters. Yeah, it does. It makes if, it really if, easy. If to you've ever characters. been to D D Beyond on a desktop, it's clearly only designed to be on a tablet or a phone. It looks like shit on the desktop. Yeah, it does. I think um, it has like um extensions too that you it can does. use to like, it has an extension. run your campaigns. It actually yeah. has an extension that plugs into Roll Twenty so that you can use the character sheets directly in Roll Twenty and stuff. Yeah. Which is cool. And, and and if you own uh if you purchase like a, a campaign on DD Beyond, then you get all of the assets for it on Roll Twenty automatically yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Um. Anyway, there's no reason to not jump in. And again, good point from Ryan. Don't feel like you have to play Dungeons and Dragons. There are plenty. No, of other they tabletop... they want you to spend money on them. Yeah. Anyone that wants you to spend there. money on them, you should never believe. Don't trust them. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah. Speaking so... of which, do we have an advertiser this week? We do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I, as I explained last week, um, uh, we we registered zero clicks because everyone has ad blockers on. <laughs> nice. Well, it means our, wa- our watchers or our listeners are smart uh, Yeah. in having ad blockers. I have a friend who does not have ad blocker, and I'm... That's the thing he is that he knows like, what it is. He just doesn't want to put it in. Or, like, all of our like it. all of our friends and even our listeners who are not our friends and stuff, like I am assuming are all they're all into video games and I assume are people who know a little bit more or a little more tech savvy, I guess, and have ad blockers. Hey, you know what? Our viewers who are not our friends are just people we haven't met yet. Or some you're, bullshit. We're just no. friends. We're just, you're just friends we haven't <laughs> or met. some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. Okay. Anyway, does anyone want to throw in anything at the end here? 
what was your favorite individual moment of D and D with or with, any tabletop, I guess, in general. No, I want to hear Nero's favorite moment with you and me. I think my first favorite moment, like the one that like really that I still remember like resonating with me, is during the first campaign when oh God, we were fighting. Is it Druid Bones? No, I was not. <laughs> I was not going to say Druid Bones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> still laugh at that to this day. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good inside joke. <laughs> it's like it's, from it's six one of those years you ago. had to be there things, but yeah. like. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't just even matter. Joke. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. What but is what you when uh here? when uh God we were fighting at one of the elementals the um I think it might have been the yeah, wind one. Yeah, of the apocalypse. Which yeah. one? The wind wind one air one. Uh yeah, it, um that was like the first major boss you fought in the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Was that when was that which one was the one where Baron like died? His character died. Uh okay, so you had one, already defeated Erisi Kalinov. I mm-hmm. I'm remembering her name. I haven't looked it up. It is a reason. I could have yeah. said it wrong. Uh, after you defeated her, then uh, you had to go like down later to close the portal after you had already defeated the fire one and you had that fire dagger or Matt's character had that fire dagger. Oh, yeah. And then you went under and there was a demon protecting the portal instead. And that was the moment that Baron, played by Wolf, another person that we met online on Reddit, uh, that, that was the moment that more... his character's skull was crushed yeah before your eyes that was the first character death that we had and also like well no justin died like five times we kept bringing him well right that that was the first permanent character death that you could (laughs) not save because his skull was crushed right and 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 his his head was was in pulse i i kind of remember the feeling of that because i i think like before that i was like kind of like not 100 percent sold on this whole idea and then like i got so caught up in ryan i think it was really like your your narration and everything of that like moment and like driving up to it and everything like i was so caught up to it in it i legitimately forgot i wasn't actually there There, okay there is a i i've been i've been um i've been like making my own homebrew stuff for a while i guess like in setting up my own encounters and not running Mm -hmm. a pre-planned thing but gosh is there a different feeling when when uh this pre-planned encounter is like in the book and it's just sitting there ready to go and i know that you guys have no fucking idea what's in there but like like in in like if i were homebrewing it i would be like okay there's a demon defending it like okay i can figure out exactly how powerful it is later mm-hmm. but in this book the stats are there and and uh, this was my first time ever running a game so i'm not going to change them i'm not confident enough to to mess with any of the math to know at this you're point. assuming they know balance right and and yeah. I'm, I'm not going to assume that i know anything better than them so I'm, and, and this is honestly the absolute way that you should go if you're running your first game just just do a pre, pre-run thing it's it's really exciting and, even if you're running it okay. but like yeah, the, the feeling of you guys going into a place that you aren't prepared for and me absolutely knowing that someone's going to fucking die. There's no way you guys get out of this because it's way too hard. But I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't fix it. They're going in here. Okay, I'm just going to run it. And then like the dice will fall where they do. The feeling of that is almost scarier running it than it is like experiencing it i guess it's like fuck yeah. i'm gonna go kill my party so like, i was i was like i was like i was like oh shit train. someone's gonna die today yeah. and 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 i was like should i not do it no he's a demon of course he's gonna kill him of course he will 
And so, you know, mm-hmm. that was that was real fun to go through on my end. The um uh man, I was gonna say though, just for also if you're a first time DM, a great thing to do is to run a module and reskin things mm-hmm. as as is needed. Um just using the same stats, attacks, and things, but slightly altering their physical appearances, the aesthetics of the attacks mm-hmm. and things like that to fit your story better. So don't don't be afraid to do that. It's it's a great way to kind of add some flavor of your own flavor to it. Um, okay, so let's let's go ahead and close out. Go buck wild with that, by the way. You you yeah. can make a you can make a a human a demon if you want with their stats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. adjust the like immunities and damage stuff. But if you that, need help, there's a there's a website called Cobalt Fight Club. You just yeah, it, yes. it gives a good estimate, not like the best, yeah. but mm-hmm. you know. yeah, KFC.com. Go right, go there. Yep. If you want, if you want a dude to have like a tentacle attack, he's just a dude. Oh, the he 17, threw a tentacle uh, out of his in back, and he slapped you with it. Monsters. What's up with that? That's crazy. Go for it, man. Or lady. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's get in, get in close out of here because Alyssa's got to get on that streaming. Um, <laughs> Got to go be an e-girl somewhere. Um, <sighs> it's exhausting. E, the anywhere. E in e-girl stands for exhausted. Just being a girl is exhausting. What are you streaming? Uh, I still don't know. I think I'm probably going to do Valo because it looks like my friends are playing Valo right now. True. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so um, yeah, you can, uh, of course, find us on um, Twitter at GameBustersPod. Um if you could find us on GameLuster, uh, GameLuster.com, as well as YouTube.com slash GameLuster, where our videos are 90% my videos. Um, <laughs> other people make some sometimes. Um, you make JP, an ungodly amount of content for the I amount do. of time that I assume you have. <laughs> it's very small. Dude, we gotta uh, bring back those tierless videos. Yeah, those we should small. do another tier list. That's fun, actually. Um, dude, I'm like the Elden Ring guys. Or yeah, dude, we could do the Elden Ring bosses. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Okay. And then there's also um, JP did just put out a video it was a uh, I think Batman versus Martha, uh, it, but it was it's, it's something about it's conflating sort of Martha is dead with the plot the the, the shitty indie horror game Martha is dead with uh, Martha being Batman's mom, <laughs> so it's very funny actually I enjoyed it go check that out um, so yeah let's see I think. Um, yeah, though, make sure to find us on iTunes and Spotify and give us ratings there. Uh, they have ratings on those. And that would be awesome. And uh, share us around with your friends. Okay, so, um, Ryan, do you want to plug anything quickly? Uh, find me at reddit.com. You're, just you're find it. Reddit? Mm-hmm. You'll find me. Okay. Matt? <laughs> um, check me out on uh, at Matt. And there's a couple numbers after. That's my Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. Discord. <laughs> you know, you'll find me. And okay. then uh, on YouTube, search up Game Busters Podcast. Or some shit. It's probably on there. <laughs> I-, I made a great Nier Automata video. I remember look that. Up, look up two Xanarkand version 2, uh, 2007. And you can see me playing the piano. Aww. Oh. Oh. If you guys like fantasy books, it's slightly related. Check out a YouTuber called Murphy Napier. Oh yeah, hey, books. I like her. Yeah, she's pretty good about books. All right, um, that's it. All right, if you like people who anything? eat a lot, check out Matt Stoney. It's pretty good. Everybody who listens knows I'm go ballistic on everything, and uh, 
If you want to see some mediocre gameplay for a couple FPSs, go watch me. <laughs> Do you have a YouTube channel? No, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a YouTube channel, but I maybe someday I'll make YouTube content. I do have a YouTube channel, and I have, um, I think, ninety-two thousand views on a video that I can't monetize. Ao. Ao. Why is it on? Why is? Um, because it's say? a. No, no, it's a, it's a remix of like, uh, like copyrighted music. Oh, that that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay, cool. So yeah, you can find us. Oh. Uh, there's a there's a podcast called Ask Questions. It's an improv comedy podcast. I was on last week as a guest. Uh, go check that out. Um, I was I had a fun time. Okay, I think that's probably it. You know where to find me at Gandhi Z on all the bullshits. Um, all right. So who wants to close this out? Um, does anyone have a cool like sort of catchphrase? Um, they want to toss out like a related to to D and D in some way. A catchphrase related to D and D in some way. Yeah. I got nothing. Does anyone have some sort of like closing statement? To, uh, like... This is a podcast about D and D. Near Ryan, Alyssa, and me. Go check out Go Game Busters podcast. And we're gonna go ahead of you. Go kiss our ass. Cut. Hey, uh, was that from something? No, I just made it up. Whoa. Respect. So uh, Gygax charged that the financial crisis was due to mismanagement by uh, by Kevin Bloom, by excess inventory overstaffing, having too many company cars, and having too many questionable and expensive projects, such as dredging up a 19th century shipwreck on the company's dime. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? That's pretty fucking cool, though. How in the world did he get away with really that? That's really cool. I'm really glad. He was cooking the books. To... He was fudging the books, man. <laughs> Did they really bring it up out of the ground? Because that's fucking yeah. legit. I yeah. love that. It was for work research, I swear.